our big thing right now is we lead with speed and efficiency as kind of our calling card, but there's so many different angles that we can take. You mentioned like the compliance side of it. That's not a card that we play too often, but it's very relevant to what we do. Just making sure that there's consistency throughout the process. This is the Rebel HR Podcast, the podcast where we talk to human resources innovators about innovation in the world of HR. If you're a people leader or you're looking for a new way to think about how to help others be successful, this is the podcast for you. Rebel on, HR Rebels. All right, Rebel HR listeners, I'm extremely excited for the conversation today. We've got an awesome guest. Darian Michael, he is the CEO and co-founder at Qualify. It's a SaaS platform that powers the fastest phone interview experience in the world and helps recruiting teams hire great candidates faster than ever before. Graduated from Indiana Wesleyan University with a bachelor's degree in entrepreneurship and finance. He was a two-sport athlete in both basketball and track and field and was a national champ in the long jump. He is based in the Indy area and is a dedicated husband and father of three. Welcome to the show, Darian. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate the uh, appreciate the intro there. Absolutely. Well, I'm always excited to talk to innovators, entrepreneurs, uh, you know, people helping solve problems in the world of HR. That's really what we're all about. And so why don't we start off by talking just a little bit about your background and what led you to look at solving recruiting problems? Yeah, absolutely. So I consider myself a obviously starting this company an entrepreneur first and foremost. My style of entrepreneurship is uh, looking at problems that I've experienced myself. So that's that's how Qualify came to be. Was prior to this, I was at another startup company uh, called Viral Launch. Is in the e-commerce space. We helped Amazon sellers launch and grow their businesses and provided a variety of tools to them. But my responsibility there was. Um, as a one-man ops team for most of my time there. So lots of people wear multiple hats in a startup <laughs> company, and and I wore quite a few, and they're mostly in the back office area. So um, as you mentioned, my background's in finance as well. So I kind of assumed that role. And then as we started to grow, just took on the different you know logistical things, like the general admin and legal stuff. And then also as we started to hire people, the HR and recruiting responsibilities fell on my plate as well. And so that's how I got into this world of HR. And it's been, I tend to find that like most HR people kind of have similar, not necessarily similar stories, but they stumble <laughs> into it, you know? Um, I did. So that was, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's the same for me. So I stumbled into it and just by having those different responsibilities, juggling a lot of different things, I recognized a few areas where I needed some more efficiency. And one of those was the phone interview. And that's what we've set out to solve in this first phase of, of Qualify. Yeah, it's fascinating. So yeah, and I feel you with the statement, you know, I like to tell people, you know, HR found me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like, no, I wasn't really looking for it. Now I should step back and say, I know a number of professionals now, like HR has become, it's kind of coming to its own, right? Like it's oh, actually yeah. like a college major now. You yeah. can actually do that. Well, when I was going to school, you didn't, that wasn't a choice, right? It was, you know, and um, I, I got the job because I was an ops and they, they were like, hey, we need someone to do this. Uh, here's HR. Now go hire 90 people for the holiday season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, imagine me like coming in, like when I started to take that on, it was maybe two or three years out of college. And prior to that, I probably can admit that I didn't really know what HR was, oh. you know, so. so There's yeah. no shame in that. 
The best part is the friends, you know, the friends I grew up with when I tell them I'm in human resources and they just laugh and they're like, what? <laughs> you? But, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's, uh, we, we work through that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You're, you're the one that's hired. <laughs> All right. So I want to dig into this a little bit, just, just to understand you know, kind of what qualify does and how it works. So, you know, phone screens, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those areas where, you know, I was very fortunate. The company that I started with was a, one of the largest retailers in the United States. They had a really, really structured, you know, program and protocol for interviewing. Like I got really fortunate that I had really good training to start with. But still, when you get on that phone interview, it's kind of like, okay, what am I doing again? And what <laughs> questions do I, should I ask? And what if they give me this, you know, a weird response? And it's just, it's, it is one of those situations where you kind of learn as you go. And every conversation is so drastically different. And so, you know, I'm fascinated to understand how your system works because just with the nature of phone screens being how they are, I don't know how you systemize that and make that more efficient. So what is your approach to kind of solving the phone interview problem? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I guess to what you were uh, saying before, like not a lot of people do get the training. So it's good that you at least had like some foundation that you, you know, started with. But no, to answer your question, I'm going to probably make it sound more complicated than what it actually is. Our system is a automated phone interview platform. Uh, a lot of people may be, especially with your audience, may be familiar with video interviewing. We have a similar approach, but we make the transaction of the interview happen over an actual phone call instead of a web-based system. And so recruiters are able to go into our system and pre-record their own voice asking their set of questions. Usually you find, I've found that most recruiters have a scripted list of questions that they ask given each role. So they're able to go in and record those questions again with their own voice. So it creates these personal yet standardized interviews that they can then scale up their efforts from. So we typically work with higher volume recruiters. So people doing this hundreds of times a week per month, interviewing hundreds or thousands of candidates a month. And so we're able to help them remove this big bottleneck by allowing them to set up these interviews and then they can invite candidates at scale. So the invites happen as a text or an email to the candidate. The candidate will receive an invitation saying, hey, we received your application for this, you know, this company and this role. We'd love to learn more about you. We also want this to be a convenient experience for you. So we pre-recorded these questions. So click this link to get started. And that takes them to an instructional page where they can read through the how to navigate through the interview, uh, which is basically if they can navigate a voicemail, then they can navigate a qualified interview. It's pretty similar and uh, just as easy. But ultimately, when they're ready, their number's either programmed in already or they can type their phone number into those instructions and then hit start, confirm our system, then dials their phone directly and pick up and answer those questions over a phone call. So they can do it over a cell phone, over a landline. Um, it doesn't matter. We give that access to them and they can respond at their convenience. 11 o'clock at night, 3 a.m. in the morning, whenever is convenient for their schedule, we allow for that and it makes it an instantaneous experience for you know both sides. So. Hopefully that, that clarified, you know, how it all works. Happy to dig in, you know, a little bit. Yeah, that's so, that's it. So, you know, (laughs) gosh, I wish I would have known about this about, (laughs) about 15 years ago when it was going through, you know, the, gosh, what I call like the groundhog day 
where it's like you've got this 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 list of questions you ask everybody yep. <laughs> and and in this corporation and in, in that corporation you had to ask every single question you know because they were afraid of you know a lawsuit yeah. because you were you know treating one candidate favorably exactly. versus another and you had to and you had to take all these notes and yeah so geez this it would have been nice to hit the easy button uh you know but yeah uh, that's how, that's how I felt when I was, was doing it. Like, <laughs> like I said, I was a rookie. Uh, I was a rookie doing this. And I think I got lucky in the sense of stumbling into the thought process because I did have a scripted list of questions. I googled those questions at first, and like, was like, what should I? What should I be asking candidates? And then I found like something I felt really good with that covered the things I need to know at the screening level. And so I was just like, all right, these are the seven questions I'm going to ask every candidate. And then as I was doing this, you know, with the coordination, the scheduling that goes into it. And then me just <laughs> saying the same things over and over again. I was like, there's got to be a better way to do this, <laughs> you know, and I, I didn't really see anything out there. So that's, that was kind of the aha moment to jump into this and, and get started with it. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's a really interesting approach. It's one of those things that, um, you know, I work for a smaller company now. It's one of those challenges that, we're definitely trying to solve is okay how do i you know how do i get good candidates how do i make sure i give every candidate a fair shake <laughs> right and and i think one of the challenges is with some of the you know i know there's all these like the screening questions you can ask right so it's like yeah. how many years of experience do you have you know if it's less than 5 okay the candidate gets kicked right. out or you know where does the candidate live you know or what's their location preference or whatever and then there's all these these knockout questions but you know i intentionally I tried that a number of years ago, and what I was finding is I was I was missing all these wonderful candidates because it was like on a technicality, right? Yeah. So it's like, you know, if I had a location screening question and the question was something along the lines of, do you want to, you know, work within a 20-mile radius? Of, and they're like 21 miles And they're away. like 21, exactly, <laughs> right? It's like, so it's like, oh, the geofence was one mile out, so I just lost like the perfect candidate. Yeah. So I got rid of a lot of them. But then the next problem was, okay, now I got all these candidates and there are some candidates that are unqualified Yeah. <laughs> that I don't want a hiring manager to be speaking with. Um, but there's a number of candidates that could be qualified. And the only solution that we've been able to do is have somebody physically do that work. So as you're thinking through the system and as you're thinking, as you're shifting from conducting the interview into actually screening the responses, how does the, uh, how does your tool approach that process? Yeah, the experience. So like, yeah, I explained like how the candidates basically interact with, uh, with our platform and take their interview. What happens on the other side is as soon as they're done with the interview, we have recorded that the audio of that response we also automatically transcribe those responses as well and make it available to the recruiting team to listen to and so uh, our big thing right now is we lead with speed and efficiency as kind of our calling card but there's so many different angles that we can take you mentioned like the compliance side of it that's not a card that we play too often but it's very relevant to what we do just making sure that there's consistency throughout the process and I can go on and on about you know the different the different features. I'm not here to sell, but um, sure. the 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 recruiter side then is they'll be able to review those candidates similar to listening to a podcast or listening to music. They can one they don't have to listen to themselves talk talk anymore. It's, <laughs> uh, the way it's structured is uh, we chop it up question by question. 
so they can jump forward to any specific point in the interview that they want. So an example there is uh, maybe start date availability or whatever their compensation expectations. If you ask those sorts of questions, then you can uh, get really strict on those responses. If like if you really need them to be within a 20 mile radius and that's the question you're asking, you can jump straight to that question and listen to that first. You can also skim through the responses with the transcriptions. You can play in multi speeds as well if you're you know, a power listener and want to, you know, double up, you know, what you're able to, to listen to. And then ultimately right now, the rating system is, is a quick thumbs up or thumbs down uh, in terms of passing um, or, you know, moving a candidate onto the next steps. We also make it really easy for you to share with hiring managers. The primary users are recruiters. They can also easy for, like, easily email or forward uh, a link or download the transcriptions and share those. So it kind of replaces or supplements the notes that they might take on that candidate. And it allows the, the hiring team to be more collaborative on how they make decisions. You know, oftentimes it's recruiters summarizing that call and then passing those notes along. And sometimes that can be hard for a hiring manager to make a decision on, and then they might have to do a phone screen after. So this kind of synthesizes, you know, condenses uh, some steps potentially. Um, it makes it easy for people to collaborate. Got it. No, that's cool. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's a really interesting approach. And I just, I think about, you know, one of the biggest challenges in recruiting is it's just so time sucking. I mean, it just, <laughs> it just takes so much out of you and it's, you know, I mean, I was in a conversation and we were talking about, you know, I think we're going to have to hire, you know, 30 people in the next 12 months. Yeah. And all, all my brain can think through is, okay, 30 times, <laughs> how many interviews, you know? And I think the other thing that's really challenging is the fact that, and I'm sure you've got the statistics that you could pull out there, but everything you look at is it's all about speed, yeah. right? You know, and, and especially now with the labor market where it's at, you know, you can't, you can't wait a week. No. to respond to a candidate. You can't wait two days because they might already be halfway through, you know, an interview process with another company that had a, a great, you know, just got lucky and saw the application came in and called them right away or, yeah, or had a, you know, some sort of a solution to just make a connection right away, like a text, you know, to whatever. And so, you know, what's, what's really interesting to me about this is it's the the on-demand aspect. So are you seeing your customers and, and your clients kind of see a value there as it relates to the speed of hire? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's like, that's why we lead with that because we believe in both, obviously speed for efficiency's sake, but also the quality. Um, the way I break it down to most people is if you think just logically, if you really want a candidate, especially if you're in a competitive market, it's likely that someone else is going to want that same candidate. And so you are going to set yourself up in the best position to get your best people by being faster than everyone else. So yeah. um, I was telling that same story pre-pandemic, you know, when the unemployment was kind of flipped. Uh, it's about it's about speed, you know, especially with shortages of candidates. You want to be able to move faster. Um, unfortunately, you still have processes that you have to go through in order to feel comfortable with making your best hiring decisions. And so that's where it's like kind of the, uh, the chicken and egg, like, what should we do? You know, and, and the phone interview is a common step in that process that people, uh, on the surface, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. Um, it's usually a short interaction. It's like, Hey, let's jump on the phone real quick and learn more about each other. But what people don't realize is that when you're doing that with, you know, 
a bunch of candidates at once. There's a lot of communication that goes into it, that coordination, scheduling, looking multiple days out. You know, we've heard over and over, you know, by the time that scheduled date for the interview that we were supposed to have, that candidate's already taken a job or yeah. they're out of the market or they, or they no show and you have to go through that process again. And so, yeah, the on-demand piece makes it a lot faster. And what we tend to find is that making it convenient for the candidates allows them to take it or, you know, complete it much faster. So we usually see same day responses through the platform, which has been really, really exciting, you know, on this side of it to see how people interact and how fast things come back through the platform. That's really interesting. Yeah. And I'm just reflecting back in my, you know, some of my recruiting successes and a, and a few of them, you know, quite frankly, um, I'm going to bust myself out here, but like, <laughs> and this is not my current employer, but at one of one of my past companies, I mean, a couple of my best hires were just pure luck that I just happened to be on the recruiting platform, like within five minutes of them applying. And I just happened to have like a free 10 minutes <laughs> to call them and just do like an impromptu, like phone conversation. Yeah. And they've, but they told me after the fact, they're like, you know, you guys were just the first offer I got. And uh, I got a bunch of calls after you guys hired me and, but I had already taken this job and, yeah. you know, and the companies they were telling me were like, like big names, that super like, big names. <laughs> like, like the, like, Oh, we would have lost out on this candidate so hard. Like there's no way we would have landed this kid, you know, but, but part of that, like, yeah, that competitive edge in recruiting, like it is, it is a little bit cutthroat. If you're not, like if you don't have that speed or you don't have some sort of an edge, yeah, then it does come down to luck, right? So, you know, make a little bit of luck <laughs> by yeah. being smart about your processes, right? Yeah, exactly. I think there's <laughs> there's a lot that goes into hiring people, obviously. You know, the offer matters like just as a you know, like one instance, but I don't think you're doing yourself justice if you're if you have a long, drawn out process. And some people might just leave just because they're like, Yeah, this is frustrating. Like oh, yeah. people especially with the way things are today and, you know, in e-commerce and, and what have you, like people just expect clean, fast, enjoyable experiences. And that's not often what you get in a hiring process. And so, um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I remember, oh, you know, it's funny because I've kind of seen it both ways where, you know, I started my career a little bit before the great recession and, you know, in the great recession, yeah, we were still hiring a lot, but it wasn't, it wasn't like this, you know, there, there were plenty of job seekers, you know, I would say at least it was, it was kind of evenly balanced Yeah, <laughs> job seekers and employers all kind of were on the same footing. Now it's like, I mean, I tell people it's, if you think about it in the uh, analogy of like real estate, it's like, you know, when the real estate market's hot and there's no houses on the market, you can't find the house you want. You can't, yeah. you, you really can't. And if you do, you're going to pay for it. I think it's basically the same thing in the in the hiring market right now. You know, if you're an employer and you and you need a specific skill set and a person that has those skills, it's going to be really hard to find it. And if you do, you're going to pay for it. So yeah. it's kind of you know, and you know, just like just like in real estate, if you don't if you don't get on that list and get that house listing, like like pre-listing like the day before like right now is a great example like you can't buy that house if you wait two days oh yeah there's out you're in, you're competing against five offers right and people are buying houses without even walking in them right yes, you know, that's yeah, crazy I, um but that's what it is in recruiting right now so you know get on the pre-list <laughs> yeah you know get the candidate wholesale <laughs> yeah exactly and now a word from our sponsors 
When Molly, Patrick, and I started to figure out how to start our own podcast, we didn't know where to start. Thankfully, we found Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout makes it super easy for us to upload our episodes, track our listeners, and get listed on all the major podcast networks. Today's a great day to start your own podcast. I know that you're one of our listeners, so you've definitely got something to say. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcasting isn't that hard when you have the right partner. and The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. And now, for listeners of Rebel HR, you can get a $20 Amazon gift card sent to you from Buzzsprout by clicking in the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Are you looking to grow your personal brand or your business brand? Take it from me that podcasts are a great way to do it. Here's the secret. We all want to feel connected to the brands that we buy from. What better way to humanize a brand than through sharing your personal story on a podcast? I have had great success with KitCaster. KitCaster is a podcast booking agency that specializes in developing real human connections through podcast appearances. And let me tell you, it's all about the right human connection. You can expect a completely customized concierge service from their staff of communication experts. KitCaster is your secret weapon in podcasting for business. Your audience is waiting to hear from you. For a limited time offer, listeners to the Rebel HR podcast can go to www.kitcaster.com backslash rebel to get a special offer for friends of the podcast. Rebel on. I think people are oftentimes like afraid of automation um, in, in certain contexts, especially when when you're talking about like this is a very human experience and a human interaction that you are that you're facilitating. And so people are often, in, you know, especially in context of what we do often, sometimes like leery of of that. But one, I think the pandemic has shown that people are getting more and more used to virtual and uh, virtual experiences uh, overall. And again, like think about the pros and cons, like what you're sacrificing by not like, if you're not going to do things that are like automating a process and still creating a seamless experience, your competitors are, you know, so like they're actively working to set themselves up for better success um, by being faster and ultimately, you know, landing those better candidates. Yeah. So that's interesting. And I wanted to explore that a little bit because there's, I mean, there's so much kind of noise and, you know, I would say kind of fears of like AI and, Mm -hmm. you know, the, like taking the human out of the process and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, um, so do you use like, is, is it AI technically? I mean, how, how does that, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so right now, actually, no, um, we are, and we actually get really good feedback on the pure utilitarian nature of what we we do. We're creating an experience that allows convenience for candidates, and then the recruiters can do their job well. Uh, their job isn't necessarily to coordinate and schedule everything. Their job is to, you know, evaluate and make better hiring decisions. And then they have other projects that they're trying to get to that screening and the things that go into screening kind of bog them down in terms of their schedule. So we just make that piece easy. Uh, we, we are excited about the potential of what AI can bring to the table. But right now, we're just making that experience faster and more convenient. 
Um, and so, yeah, I mean, we, we share similar fears around the negative aspects of AI, especially in the context of recruiting for us, like we are, you know, internally as a company, as we want to grow and, and, and build out our ranks, we want to do so with, with thoughtfulness. We care about diversity um, and we want to live that out and how we create the product as well. Um, and so, yeah, there's, there is, <laughs> there's a lot of evidence of how the existing, you know, capabilities of AI reinforce or create bias, you know, as opposed to solving for it. Um, and so I think that there's like, we want to approach that, that area, you know, with, you know, thoughtfulness. Absolutely. Now I mentioned this earlier, you know, the whole, um, like screening questions and like, you know, these knockout questions that you can do in an applicant system, you know, one of my biggest fears, not dissimilar to the AI fear is the, the impact on, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, you know, if you're requiring everybody to get a four-year degree, mm-hmm. um, but you really don't need a Care. four-year degree, you just would like to have one. And that's a knockout question. You know, it's, you just, you just adversely, whether they like it or not, and this is going to make all the compliance people bristle, but you just adversely impacted an entire group of people, right? There's oh, 100%. a hundred percent. There's a word for that. And the EEOC doesn't like it. So, <laughs> you know, so like when you're, when you're setting up these knockout questions, you got to be careful. And then, but what I think is really interesting and, you know, full disclosure, I didn't really know anything about qualify before we hit record here. So I'm learning <laughs> along with all you listeners, but my biggest question or concern was, you know, how is this automated phone screening process? screening work like does it cause that but what i'm hearing is it's still a human it's still a human experience you're still actually like screening the individual yeah and like we what we have from day one said was one we want to make this really frictionless so we don't want the candidate to have to jump through a ton of hoops to participate we also don't have a robotic voice it is the recruiter's voice and usually that is the next person that that candidate gets to interact with and so it's still creating this cohesiveness and through the design and how we lay out the product we want it to be really engaging and like i said easy to use Uh, but yeah like keeping the human at the center like we want the candidate to showcase their voice like it's an opportunity for them to you know express themselves how they want to and we try to coach our recruiters during the onboarding process to take the questions that they typically ask, but make it engaging, re- weave their, you know, the narrative of their company and the job into those questions. Um, it is different than a live interview, but they're still able to uh, maintain a lot of those elements of, of you know, a human interaction. Um, and our goal isn't to remove the human out of the equation. It's to uh, get the recruiter to be able to spend the most time with the most qualified people and still have those Again, like it's typically a, a live interview after, you know, the step in the process that we occupy. Um, and so helping them to get there faster so they can spend that time with them. Yeah. Uh, most appropriately. Yeah, it's really, it's really a, an interesting idea. And I like that approach. And yeah, it's a fascinating. So, but it would, you know, it would be cool to have an interview with a robot, right? Like, you know, like. <laughs> no, there's like, there's definitely some cool, like, <laughs> cool things out there on the horizon, I think would be be awesome to have, like, you know, more, like some different dynamic experiences within that call. And um, yeah, like one, one of the, the funny things, like, I don't think this spills too many, like, secret sauce things, but having, like, voices that everyone recognizes, you know, in the platform, you know, like celebrities <laughs> and things of that nature, I think would be, be cool, but. Honestly, yeah, not the priority right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
Uh, yeah, my Google, uh, I think, yeah, it's a Google home. That's what our house is. And, um, at one point we could have had John legend be the voice of, you know, Google or whatever. (laughs) Really set the mood. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. We tried it and it was, it was a little bit too on the note. It was just a little bit weird. So now it's like some Australian voice, which is fun. You you know, it's very, uh, you know, uh, lively. Like, yeah, it's fun. I, I, and I, and then I get to practice my Australian accent, which could use some work. Yeah. <laughs> We've really been diving into the tool and, and I appreciate you uh, going into it. You know, certainly spent a lot of time in my career recruiting and, and many of us uh, listening to this do get to spend a, a lot of time on phones with candidates. Yeah. Um, and it is one of those critical, it's like one of those critical areas where HR can add value, right? Bringing in the right people mm-hmm. is one of the most important things we do, period. Oh, yeah. But I want to peel back a little bit more and talk a little bit about your company. You know, as a CEO, as a as an entrepreneur, as a founder, you know, you've got a really interesting perspective that I think will be helpful for our listeners to to hear. So what is it like to start a company while also balancing, uh, you know, uh, the demands of building a growing family and, and yeah. you know, being Darian? <laughs> it is not easy. The beginnings of Qualify specifically were some of the most challenging. Um, if you if you go back a couple steps, so the company I mentioned that I was at prior to Qualify was Viral Launch. And if this gives you any light into me, my personality, my mentality around everything. When, we, when I joined Viral Launch, the CEO was a friend of mine. There was revenue coming in. So there was like at least some element of uh, security there, but it was very much a startup. Um, my wife was seven months pregnant with our first child. Uh, wow. I was coming from a large corporate organization to the startup with some early revenue. Um, and I was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and so I left, left there. I, I think I had my second kid while I was there as well. And there's just, yeah, I told you I was wearing multiple hats and, you know, trying to juggle startup life and family life. I now have a third child that I've had since starting Qualify. Uh, and so the beginnings of Qualify were really challenging because I was trying to basically bootstrap it myself. I actually got, I have the privilege of, you know, working alongside my brother. Um, so that's a pretty cool aspect of, of Qualify is that we have actually a couple siblings in the mix. So me and my brother are the original co-founders and we got to start this together. But in the early days, there was no funding. We had no customers. We had this idea that was not very uh, proven in the market. So we were trying to get people to believe us on all sides. Uh, so money was really hard to come by in the early, in the earliest days, but we had to you know, get early believers <clears throat> on both the, the customer side. And that led to us being able to get some investors to believe in us too, like float us checks here and there to, you know, stretch us along. So basically living check to check as a company and then also as a person yeah. Um, yeah. Is, is not, uh, is not a good recipe for, Zenful mindset. So I'd say like that was one of the more, the more challenging areas of, of growth um, in the company. So we started in 2019. So early 2019 went through a pandemic. So yeah, like we, we could dig in in any, any of those areas, but that, that kind of gives a lens into uh, at least the beginnings. And yeah, my kids are five, three and one. Um, and so there's never a dull moment in in our house and we also are uh we're fostering a 13 year old right now so there's there's a there's there's a lot of uh there's a lot going on just to say that all all at (laughs) once um 
I think time management is probably one of the most challenging areas, one of the areas that I continuously evaluate and hence qualify, you know, in the, in, in the first place. Um, but, but yeah, would would be happy to, to go, I can go on and on in, in different areas about that, but, but yeah, happy to drill in. You know, I think first of all, kudos for taking on the, uh, you know, the, the stress of a foster that's just, you know, good for you for, for being a support for, uh, a child that needs it, but, yeah. um, but you certainly don't seem to shy away from stress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting though. Like I, my nature is, I mean, how do I say this? I generally don't get stressed out too much. I've learned that that's not true. I used to think I was kind of Superman in that regard. Like, yeah, nothing really phases me. Things do phase me. Like, uh, especially, like I said, those, those early times of qualify, there was a lot that like brought me, a decent amount of anxiety and, and stress and just worry. Um, but uh, my mentality is kind of just like, this is the reality. Um, it's not necessarily worth dwelling on. Like, let's just figure out the next, like what are the next steps to take? Um, so I don't really try to get bogged to be too bogged down by uh, worrying about what might happen. I just try to like, all right, here's the situation. What do we do next? And how do we, if it is a negative situation, how do we, work ourselves out of it, you know, what, what are the actions that we need to take from here? Um, and so that's my, my general approach to, yeah. to everything. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, what a great, what a great mindset. Um, and so, you know, my next question as you're, as you're building your company, as you're growing your team, growing your business, how are you instilling that mentality and that focus into the kind of the culture uh, of your team at Qualify? Yeah, uh, I think a lot of the culture that we're building stems from, you know, past experiences in terms of like what we've enjoyed and, you know, previous work situations and what we want to foster even more, um, what we want to avoid. Um, culture is really just a kind of set of, you know, a set of commonly accepted rules that you as a group agree on. And so we're, we're, we're continuously forming that. We're, we're a team of eight right now. And so culture really before that was just like, Hey, like me and the founders, you know, me and my brother share a lot of, uh, similarities, at, you know, personality wise and just beliefs, you know, our belief system just from how we grew up. Um, and so I think there's different ways that that's been influenced and I think it's still yet to grow, you know, as we continue to bring on more people, we want to be really conscious of how that's being shaped. So we have some, you know, basic, you know, guiding, mission, uh, you know, guiding mission and uh, kind of guiding values, but we also want to actively kind of create what that system of beliefs is in terms of rules and like how we operate um, beyond just like, here's like the themes around us, you know, so. Sure. So, yeah. Nice, nice. And so the other, the other question, so that I find interesting, uh, I think it's a two-part question. So, you know, in the middle of, you know, kind of the world going through the pandemic and people realizing, oh, we need to do something, something different. I got to believe you were, you know, just started this startup and you're <laughs> thinking, oh, what does the future hold? You know, how did you, how did you work through that? And then I think the second part of the question is, my assumption is you probably got busier than you thought you would because people realized, oh, this is the new normal. This is the new world we live in. So we better figure out ways to be faster and adapt to the virtual world. Yeah, there's there's a few things that happened as a result of 
the pandemic and social issues that were going on during the yeah. pandemic. And I think some of those things are still like playing out. So one, as I mentioned, like we were still in that getting people to believe <laughs> in this yeah. concept phase, you know, early on. Uh, and so there, in terms of the impact to our business, it was, it was probably a, a net neutral, like nothing happened for the better or worse, like, right, you know, during the peak of the pandemic, because we are, our, our name wasn't out there as much. People weren't familiar with the concept of what we bring uh, to the table. Um, but as things started to like, people started to get at least a better understanding of what was going on, what their needs were, budgets started to be like less locked down. That's when we started to really build up our business the way, like the way that we are now, because hiring started happening again. People started, had a little bit more lay of the land. Um, so yeah, like, and, and I think the positives that came from it, for, at least in terms of our business, at least is that people, like I said, are, are, are getting more and more used to these virtual experiences. Uh, phone screens were already contactless in nature, um, but still like this virtual way or this, this different approach to it. Um, it made, I think it made candidates a little bit more used to that sort of experiences and open, open to those experiences. And then another thing that we bring to the table is just our ability to help with the structure, the consistency, which can lead to, you know, a better way to approach uh, objective hiring decisions. So mitigating bias to a degree. So we remove that visual layer, allow people to compare candidates, you know, apples to apples. And as people at least vocally express that they wanted to do different things to have better diversity within their ranks, I think that that is something, like I said, that's still emerging as how we can do that and how uh, companies are actually proactively going about, you know, facilitating that. But that's, all, that's something that I see as, you know, a positive that kind of came from that time period. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's, there's still so much work, you know, to do in that. And it just, there's, you know, we, I mean, humans have these, these inherent biases and, mm -hmm. you know, as, as focused as we are on it, you know, every recruiter has to continually ask themselves, you know, am I doing, <laughs> am I, am I doing something here, um, that, that could be unintentionally impacting, uh, you know, somebody yeah. because of how I feel about, you know, a certain group. I mean, like, you know, the, yeah. that's just how our brains work. Right. So it's like, and yeah, it's anyway. very small nuances yeah. too. Like <laughs> we were just yesterday, uh, hopefully I'm not, I don't expose anybody by saying this. Like we were interviewing for folks to add to our team. And like one thing I, I told myself and I told, you know, the other folks that were in the interview room, like I said, I'm trying to proactively ignore the fact that her, like this person's energy level was not, you know, what I would hope it would be in an interview. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. the person answered the questions like really great, but they also like, maybe seem nervous or like we were trying to like maybe evaluate like they're nervous or uh, shy or are they always like, like that sort of stuff. But one, ultimately you have to evaluate, is that a, a key part of their job, you know? And if not, then should, how should that affect our decision? You know, like they answered all the questions a certain way. And like, we really enjoyed those questions, the, the way they answered those questions. But it's like small stuff like that though, you know, where, you know, you could have a bias towards people with high energy and that doesn't necessarily make them a better candidate for the role. And so we have to, I think we have to kind of check a lot of those things and really understand like, all right, what are, what are we hiring for? What are the responsibilities of this role? Let's make sure we like 
are on the same page about what these questions are and how we're going to evaluate them uh, to best approach that. 100%. Yeah, one of the best hires I ever made came walking into the interview, you know, like blue hair, um, long hair. It was a male uh, with long hair, unshaven, you know, ripped jeans and terrible interview. I mean, you know, <laughs> by all, by all, by all accounts and standards, like hardly answer the questions, you know, yeah. but, I mean, the, the questions were answered sufficiently, but certainly not in a way that was like, wow, this is our next, this you is know, the one. <laughs> this is, this is our, our next all-star. Um, but you know, it was one of those situations where it's like, oh, you know, it was, it was good enough. We'll, yeah. we'll just hire this person. And within like three months, you know, they were like, they were like leading the cell that they were in and like telling, you know, telling people how to do it. And they, they picked up on, I mean, they learned like a sponge, you know, and it was like, yeah. and, and, but it was exactly what you just described. And it was one of those situations where, you know, and I think a lot of us in HR can, can relate to this. Like we like people who are like us, that's natural. Mm -hmm. That's a human condition. And, you know, typically people in HR, we, we like to converse and we're yeah. you know, pretty natural conversationalists and we, generally like people hopefully yeah hopefully <laughs> but but that person and that job did not require that in any way shape or form you know that right. that job allowed whoever you know it didn't matter how good of a conversationalist you were as long as you could interpret what the job needed done and oh, get yeah. it done and align people to get it done with you like you were golden right yeah and but great example where it's like those you know those initial biases they can pop in, you know, you, you got to kind of actively pop that bubble. So kudos yeah. for you for, uh, yeah. and for, I mean, for and checking that. I, like for me, like I joke with my a buddy of mine because we worked together in my first job out of school. He actually helped get me the job. I'm like, we laugh about how how I got hired because uh, when our when my manager interviewed me, I was a, a terrible interview an interviewee. I answered all the questions just like straight down the middle. Like, are you a detail oriented person or a, you know, a big picture thinker? And I'm like, uh, you know, a little bit of both. Uh, <laughs> like, like exactly what you're not supposed to do in an interview. Yeah. I was honest. I'd really feel that way, but you know, <laughs> terrible interviewee, but, um, but yeah. Well, you know, I, I like to say, I mean, you know, you know what a good interview means? And, uh, you know, the, the response is that means they're a good interviewer. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily <laughs> mean that they're going to be the best fit or employee. You got to, you got to, yeah, you got to work through that. Right. And I think any, any recruiter would agree with that, that, uh, yeah, we've, we've all been fooled <laughs> before. So, well, this is, this has just been an awesome conversation. I appreciate you digging in and, and giving us a little bit of insight into the, the world of qualify. So we're going to shift gears and we're going to go into the rebel HR flash round. So, uh, you ready? Oh, yeah, let's do it. All right. Okay, first question. What is your favorite people book? Yeah, I think I think this falls into the the people book category. It's a book by Simon Sinek uh, called Leaders Eat Last. Um, it's actually been a few years since I read it, but I think one of the key things that stuck with me from that book was the need for uh, a feeling of safety, um, humans' uh, desire of feeling of of safety. Uh, so if you think about it in the context of leadership, um, being able to provide the people that you work with and that uh, work under you, um, that feeling of security and safety allows for them to build that trust and commitment towards you, the vision that you have, uh, the vision of the company, and be willing to kind of go the extra mile, uh, assuming that they don't feel like 
things are in jeopardy, you know, for them personally. So, um, yeah, that was a big takeaway from that book. hundred percent. And yeah, he's got some great, great content out there and certainly, well, if you haven't heard of Simon Sinek and you listen to this podcast, I'd be really surprised. But if you yeah. if you haven't, you know, Google it and check it out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question here. Who should we be listening to? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, you, me? Oh, no. Uh, I, I, I would throw this one. I don't know if this, this counts. Um, but I would say your customers, whoever they are. Um, so for me, I talk to... Uh, you know, recruiters, you know, my team talks to recruiters nearly da- or daily, hopefully daily, um, in understanding what their pain points, what those needs are for a lot of the listeners. I have to assume like your customers are the people that you work with and work alongside of every day. Um, the other piece would be data. So uh, I think data can sometimes be misleading, um, but also data can help inform new ways of thinking, new ways of doing things, um, new approaches. Um, like what Qualify has has to offer in terms of, uh, like I was saying before, some people are leery of you know you know virtual experiences, for instance, or automated experiences, uh, but data can suggest otherwise. So listen to your customers, listen to data to help kind of guide your your decisions and how you think your decisions and how you think about things. No, I love that. I think that's the first time anybody's answered data to that question. So, um, but uh, the, no, I mean, you come I'm from finance. I don't listen to a ton of maybe podcasts, so um, <laughs> maybe I just cheated that answer a little bit. That's all good. That's all good. <laughs> no, it's an intentionally vague question. I mean, I am in human resources, so I love the gray, right? So that's yeah. that's the point. So perfect. All right, last question: How can our listeners connect with you? Yeah, uh, you can visit our website. It's Qualify spelled with an I instead of a Y. You can find us at qualify.hr. You can also find me on LinkedIn, um, Darian Michael, M-I-K-E-L-L. I I should be really easy to find there in a quick search, but would love love to connect with you there. Absolutely. And we'll have all that information in the show notes. So check it out. Uh, Really appreciate the approach here, Darian. I think uh, you know, definitely a, a problem that that we've all faced in the in the world of recruiting, and appreciate you helping it uh, make our lives a little bit easier. So, absolutely, uh, thanks for the time today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I love this. All right, take care and take care of those kids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks. All right, that does it for the Rebel HR podcast. Big thank you to our guests. Follow us on Facebook at Rebel HR Podcast, Twitter at Rebel HR Guy. Or see our website at rebelhumanresources.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rebel HR Podcast are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any of the organizations that we represent. No animals were harmed during the filming of this podcast. Baby.